Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, you're the only one that can make unleavened bread. (laughs) So thank you, Father, that uh, uh, everyone will hear what they need to hear and know what they need to know and uh, be warned of the things to come and have uh, plenty of things to pray about. We'll we'll do it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, We're going to continue with Anarchy, Civil War, and Destruction Coming. This is number two. And uh, we're going to start with um, the Lord's evil army. Yes, he does. He has evil armies. Everything works to bring forth his children. Amen. And this is from Marie Kelton, 421-23. She said, During the meeting, I had an open vision of a demonic army. They were very huge and tall, and I knew they had weapons. I heard the Lord say, This army is for the evil ones and the disobedient. Okay, we can see that God is, um, well, it's kind of like the Passover. It was for the Egyptians, right? It wasn't for the Israelites. But uh, that um, destroying angel that passed over was on the Lord's leech. Amen. So he said, this army is for the evil ones and the disobedient. Well, this is very similar to the demonic army warning through the Assyrian northern army in Joel that took down apostate Israel and Judah, but not Jerusalem the bride. Uh, And she said this verse came to mind, Joel 2, 7 through 11. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. They march everyone on his ways, and they break not their ranks. Neither doth one thrust another. They march everyone in his path, and they burst through the weapons and break not off their course. They leap upon the city. They run upon the wall. They climb up into the houses. They enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth quaketh before them, the heavens tremble, and the sun and moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining, and the Lord uttereth his voice before his army. Some people don't understand that God has evil armies. This is an evil army that conquered uh, apostate Israel and apostate Judah, and uh, but yet could not conquer the bride. So God claims sovereignty over all vessels of good and honor in his word, of good and bad in his word, 
Yeah. Um, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. You know, the Lord sent every beast army against um, his people when they were in apostasy. Uh, they executed his word. He even told them to submit to them as long as they were under that particular beast, you know. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? So, let me say, speaking to the bride, the Lord says in Isaiah 54, 15 through 17, Behold, they may gather together, but not by me. In other words, not by righteousness and truth, you know. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall because of thee. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the fire of coals. Okay, so here you have it. These evil armies are like the smith that bloweth the fire of the coals. And uh, God's people um, are going through this fiery trial, and usually it brings at least some to repentance, right? And bringeth forth a weapon for his work. It's his work. I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. That is the righteous. It won't prosper. It's not made to prosper against the righteous. It's made to come against the apostates and the wicked. So no weapon that's formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness which is of me. So this is the servants of the Lord's inheritance. No weapon formed will prosper against them. And here we see uh, the same scenario, the Lord using the evil army to take down the enemies of the bride. Isaiah 62, 11 through 63 and 4. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the earth, Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Yes, and behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. There's that recompense right there. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And thou shalt be called sought out, a city not forsaken. And then 63 and 1. Who is this that cometh from Edom? That's those that, you know, uh, factioned against their own brethren and uh, made war against their own brethren, you know, like the wicked are doing today. With dyed garments from Bozrah. This is that, that's the uh, Edomite sheepfold right there. This that is glorious in his apparel, marching in his greatness. Of his strength. I speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine vat? This is representing uh, the slaughter of the factious Edomites. Um, uh, and the Lord has shown us that this is in church and it's in the deep state who warred against the bride. Amen. The Lord's coming to save the bride and judge these wicked. Okay, how does he do that? Well, he's got a larger army that's going to take down the Edomite army. Okay, 
I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the peoples there was no man with me. Yea, I trod them in mine anger, and trampled them in my wrath, and their lifeblood is sprinkled upon my garments. And remember, he's coming to save his bride, at the same time judge the wicked. Okay. And I have stained all my raiments, for the day of vengeance was in my heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. Oh, praise be to God. So here's another beast army taking down the enemies of the bride. Isaiah 66, 5 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord that ye tremble at his word. Your brethren that hate you, that cast out your name, uh, cast out for my name's sake, uh, have said, Let the Lord be glorified, that we may see your joy. But it is they that shall be put to shame. A voice of tumult from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies. So here we see that the Lord's recompense to his enemies of the bride and her reward of the man-child that follows. Uh, Before she travailed, the next verse says, She brought forth, before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Oh, glory to God. And uh, Psalm 136 and 13 says, To him that divided the Red Sea and sunder, for his loving kindness endureth forever. God's people were at peace with the Egyptians until they factioned against God's people. And uh, chased them, ultimately chased them to the Red Sea, where the waves collapsed upon them and uh, destroyed the faction. The, uh, the waves represented, uh, I believe, the Deep State Army, who have already destroyed the faction and the apostates through the vaccine. You know, as we said well, way back years ago now, uh, that this was going, God was going to use this to take down the faction and the apostates. It overwhelmingly took down uh, leftists and uh, apostates, and um, uh, who who don't believe the Lord's word. You know, I know that greater plagues are now coming including the destruction of the food and the poisoning of the water, the air, the food sources, uh, and the invasion of the anarchists and their uh, invasion over our southern border. They're all getting ready to make war. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to uh, Marie's revelation here. She said, An angel of the Lord was standing and watching the demonic army march on. And then I saw the Lord on a throne behind the demonic army. Yes, Isaiah 45 and 7 says, I form the light and create the darkness. I make peace and create evil. The Lord says this, I am the Lord that doeth all these things. So he's created this evil and he's behind it. That's what it's, that's what it says, you know. The Lord was dressed as a king, and his right arm was raised with his index finger pointed out, 
He seemed like he was giving directions to the army. And I saw this twice. Hmm. And I thought to myself, I'm just seeing things. <laughs> and, and I wasn't going to write it down. I then saw the Lord come off of his throne and his garments changed into a white linen robe. And the Lord walked up to me and handed me a pencil and a pad of paper. <laughs> I knew then that he wanted me to write the vision down. Mm-hmm. And I thought of this verse uh, when I told her the vision. Uh, Psalm 78, 48, and 49. He gave over their cattle also to the hail, and their flocks to hot thunderbolts. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger. The Lord is talking about the fierceness of his anger, wrath and indignation and trouble, a band of angels of evil, fallen angels coming against God's people at the command of the Lord. Some people don't believe that, but it's written. So, here's another revelation. We called it Satan's Cyclone Army. Tiana Fire, 425-23. I saw from a bird's eye view uh, a large desert part of a country that was isolated. Sounds like a wilderness. And I couldn't see many people above ground there. I saw what looked like a black storm cyclone starting to form. Well, that's what they call hurricanes on that circle, uh, semicircle of the globe, right? Uh, and it was moving clockwise, but staying in the same spot. Black cyclone storm. Hmm. Well, the U.S. is isolated on both coasts by oceans, and there is a deep state army gathering represented by the Black Cyclone, made up of anarchists in the country and Chinese military-aged men gathering below the border to meet up with the anarchists, and etc., etc. Um, in Proverbs 1 and 27, says this, When your fear cometh as a storm, and your calamity cometh on as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Okay, why? Because God is wanting to bring his people back to him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Lord is doing this. And also Proverbs 10 and 25, When the whirlwind passeth, the wicked is no more. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. The, the bad news, of course, is that many are going to pass away because they're wicked. And, um, and the righteous um, are forever. Even if righteous people die in this war, uh, they live forever. Amen. It grew bigger and larger very quickly, and it became bigger than the size of Texas. It was a very dark black color. Uh, not white. 
I looked up to see if black cyclones were really a thing, and in images it produced a Saturn cyclone. Saturn, which represents Satan. Um, as in Marie's dream above, the uh, physical armies have a demonic army among them operating to conquer America. Amen. I had understanding that it was going to soon move down onto the earth, this cyclone, right, in areas where people were. And I heard they are conjuring up a portal to hell. Well, we know that uh, this is the dragon. This is Satan, uh, according to Revelation chapter 12, uh, seeking to devour. And uh, he will devour. And uh, God will use everything he's doing here to um, bring down the wicked and apostates. Soon the demon army will take control of the invading armies. And the underground war will become visible. It's coming down, right? Now, when we say apostates, we talk about those who are willfully disobedient to the Word of God, and they're doing their own thing, going their own way. We also know that we are believing for a people, and God will not forget our prayers. He will bring them through this, and they will be saved just as we know, just as we believe, and uh, so on. She went on to say, this reminded me of a song picture called Black Cyclone Death is King. Hmm. And a creepy fake black cyclone with a blue eyeball from a video game that is a black slash floating enemy that appears in event stages. Wow. Wow. So where did all of this stuff come up from? And God, of course, makes parables so that they fit certain things out there. We know that this is a floating cyclone that is coming down, according to what it said. Uh, and it's in uh, event stages. And uh, it will become visible, and it will affect men as it comes down, right? It's already prepared, is what God is saying. In heavenly places, it's been prepared. And it's coming down. So the floating enemy is the demon army. As you know, demon armies take over human armies. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is uh, one that fits so very well. Dana Coverstone's revelation on July 2022 uh, called Precision in Prayer and Warfare Over Enemies. Hmm. I had this dream for 18 days in a row. <laughs> and on the 18th day, the archer in this dream showed up. And that's when I knew the dream is either over or I'm going to learn what the dream is about. Well, I asked the Lord if our authority over the forces of darkness will annul some of this coming judgment and got a yes god's uh, threats are many times worse than uh, what ultimately comes to pass because god's people pray and god hears then i asked if we have authority to annul all of this and i got a no there you go this is it this is the way it happens quite often 
And because this has to happen, this is going to bring many people to repentance. This is going to lay the foundation for a revival. People are going to turn to God and to the Word. They're going to see it works for some people, you see. So pray and ask directions to exercise your authority, right? The dream started on June the 15th, 2022. I was standing in a shipping yard where large containers were being lifted off of the container ships by huge cranes. And there was a sign that said, Port of Los Angeles. Well, a port is an entrance into the country. And uh, Los Angeles means the angels. And... uh, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, meaning, of course, knowledge and wisdom. And as we will see, the Chinese Communist Party are leading a revolution of anarchy against conservatism and Christianity. And although they have been badly wounded by the alliance, they are capable of doing small things that cause big trouble. Amen. Or maybe bigger things that cause big trouble. Okay. So I saw, I saw eight jet black containers that were set on the ground about 15 feet apart. And they were pristinely clean with large Chinese or Oriental letters on them. These large letters were in black and they were about five feet tall by five feet wide and they had a brownish-black background behind them, so they stood out almost like 3D on the containers. Well, uh, five by five is a military term meaning loud and clear. And uh, as we will see, these events take place in broad daylight, Our enemies are not even trying to hide what they are doing any longer. They obviously believe, and and everybody knows, the military knows about all the military-aged Chinese down there below the border. They know that that's a, a, a threat, that there's no way that they would not know that our military knows this, but they want to make a threat so that the military doesn't do the things that they want to do. They were very suspicious and just set aside or apart from everything else. And the black indicates some clandestine plans that are being revealed or some darkness that's coming forth, right? Deception being brought into this country. Yeah. It was broad daylight and not night. And I could see a large clock tower that seemed to be suspended high above the shipping facility. It was exactly set on 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And when I saw this, all of the eight doors of those shipping containers began to bang like someone was inside them trying to get out. There were no people outside of the containers, but I saw they began to shake and they were banging violently. There was a hidden agenda about to be revealed. The clock tower was showing us a sign. Jesus went to the cross at about uh, the third hour, and it was dark on the earth for about three hours. 
And uh, I want to emphasize that it was bright light outside. It wasn't high noon, but you could see everything that was going on. Suddenly, the door of the first container opened, and a man in military equipment rode out on a very large green dirt bike like a Kawasaki. It had saddlebags on both sides and very large knobby tires. These uh, dirt bikes were higher caliber dirt bikes. Uh, the guy that pulled out on this motorcycle was covered in military gear. He had an AK-47 across his back, and he took his helmet off and stepped off the bike and put the kickstand down. And then he says uh, off-road bikes can go anywhere in the city or country. Yes, they can. Um, this is representing, I believe, the ability to infiltrate any area of the country desired, right? And when he took his helmet off, he was revealing himself as an Oriental man. Well, we know that the Chinese CCP, Chinese Communist Party, is deep state and are fighting to subvert and overthrow the country. And they're kind of desperate because they've had some losses here. And, um, you know, uh, Z, I believe, is not with them on this. He's been working to bring them down himself. And they have tried to overthrow him and failed. Well, he began violently screaming towards the trucks and the shipping containers that he was pointing in different directions and looking back at the trucks. He was violently angry, and his face was very, very red. Suddenly, he just stopped and checked his watch, and then he put his helmet back on and got back on the motorcycle and started revving the engine. It just revs and revs and revs. He has not put it in gear, and all at once, that clock tower struck four, and there was this deep-sounding bell that rang out, and the whole earth shook. Hmm. I mean, the whole earth just shook so angrily, even where I was, and standing in the background watching. We've got to face the fact that not just our natural enemies of America are angry, but our spiritual enemy is angry right now as things are being revealed. And I think doors are opening and things are happening. I believe we're about to see uh, something happen that's going to shake the earth and it's going to start a downhill trend of things or events from here. Yeah, a lot of people don't believe that this is coming, but the Lord has been t revealing this to us over and over. And, and we have dreams where mad scientists are planting great earthquakes in the United States. And um, since this all in um, is in the daylight, it's possible that they want a distraction so that the invasion can come across the border, as we will see. And we've been told that uh, the White Hats plan on intercepting the invasion and turning it around. And as we can see, for some reason, this doesn't happen. Hmm. 
Then out of the of each of those other containers, including the one the man came out of, rode about 25 soldiers on the same kind of motorcycles with the same kind of saddlebags and the same AK-47s across their backs. I could also see rocket-propelled grenades, lots of ammo, and weapons in those saddlebags, and they were hardly able to be strapped down because they were loaded for bear. Well, 200 soldiers with this kind of weaponry could do a lot of damage in the right places, but they could also be military advisors for the invaders coming across the border and um, sleeper cells. And uh, these weapons could also represent deceptions of words and propaganda to carry anarchy since the Chinese own all the media outlets. Yes, they do. And, uh, of course, there's spiritual revelations here. People that are dressed like that don't go far, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, without being um, discovered and, and et cetera. And how much could they do by themselves? Well, they certainly can have military advisors. We have people that are coming over the border, flooding over the border, people of military age, too. And uh, so, anyway... When the first soldier, who had been revving his engine and giving the instructions, took off out of that port, the rest of them followed, and I could see that when they got beyond the large fence of the uh, Los Angeles port, they took off, just speeding heavily in all different directions. So they aren't a uh, unified army. They're going to, I I believe, probably uh, join different groups. So, now, these weapons were definitely going to be used to attack, and we know that the church has been under attack, and crisis pregnancy centers have been under attack, but the Bible says judgment begins in the house of God. And we've got people who are calling themselves Christians, he says, uh, supporting abortions and other things that God calls abominable. And he goes on to say, I believe we're about to see a greater outpouring of judgment on the house of God, which is biblical. Well, I've been saying that too. Uh, One of the ways that Babylon um, brought down apostate Christianities was with fire. They burned the great houses, the Bible says, the Babylonians did. So in that sense, this could very well show not just attacks on the country, but attacks on the church. I agree. And this is what God has told us is coming, and what Babylon did to the apostates uh, using sword, famine, and pestilence, and fire, right? Yeah. So Ezekiel chapter 8, 16 through 18 says, And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men, there it is, with their backs towards the temple of the Lord, and their faces towards the east, and they were worshiping the sun towards the east. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? 
Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence, and have turned again to provoke me to anger, and lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore will I also deal in wrath. Mine eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. So these abominations in the apostate church are going to bring this judgment. The scene then changed, and I was hearing news reports and seeing newspaper articles and reporters who were announcing deaths all over the country in both rural and metropolitan areas. The reports were about water supplies and water systems being poisoned in various places around the country. You better believe it. They're doing it. As we can see, they're having uh, train wrecks, truck wrecks, and dumping chemicals in the water and you know, all over the place. And um, we've had dreams uh, and revelations about this, too. And the military is warning not to drink municipal water. Hmm. I saw headlines uh, suggesting entire communities were poisoned in various places throughout the country. The reporters were telling people to drink nothing but bottled water and or water they knew was not connected to a local water supply. And I might add, too, other people are saying don't drink bottled water (laughs) because of the chemicals that are coming out of the plastic and into the water. So they're they're going to put uh, us in a veritable wilderness, you know. And they were saying that if you've got a well, you should be okay, but still you might want to boil it. So this poison was affecting both larger and smaller communities, but not every community, he, he says. So this was not a nationwide thing, but it was impacting a lot of communities. It was impacting the western portion of the country more than the other parts of the nation, according to the reporters. They were announcing that there were National Guard units, fully armed, who are now watching water supplies in some of the bigger cities and parts of the nation, and it was reported that thousands of people had died and that hospitals were full of heavily poisoned people getting medical treatment. FEMA centers and camps were being set up in those regions where people had been the most heavily poisoned and the water supply damaged. The emergency broadcast announcement that was running along the bottom of the TV screens and monitors stated that the boiling of water was not an effective way of making the water safe. Yeah, it's not. It might get rid of microorganisms, but um, it's not going to necessarily do away with the poison. So all this would be a distraction to our military uh, to keep them from stopping the invasion across the border. I then saw the clock tower appear above that municipal water supply and its hands pointed to 4.05 in the afternoon, 
Once again, this was occurring in broad daylight. So, he says, we are uh, definitely seeing some, some type of literal attack, but this could be a spiritual attack in the sense of what's going on with the deceptions in the media, not knowing what's happening, not knowing what we're drinking, uh, so to speak. Uh, the time 4.05 indicates the idea that there's a countdown. First, uh, the soldiers take off. And now we're seeing the poisoning of the water supply. Uh, spiritually speaking, this represents being careful what we drink, being careful what we put in our body, being careful what we listen to, making sure that we, we test every spirit and listen carefully for the Word of God to discern those things that are going on in our world. And also that we're cautious and careful that of what we are consuming. That's what he says. And after I had the 18 days of dreams, I had two short dreams, one where I saw some people watching TV monitors at airports and in homes, and they were covering their mouths. It was like what they were seeing on the TV was so terrifying, like a 911 event that they covered their mouths. And it was uh, summertime because I saw the grass was uh, brown from the heat. I saw on the screens of every TV in America people crying, embracing each other, and they were seemingly in shock. So fear is going to be a big weapon the enemy uses against the people. I'm sure there will be another pandemic that is going to be terrible, far terrible uh, than the last one that we've just had. In the dreams, the people who were watching uh, the news weren't looking up, and that's the key. I believe we cannot be afraid, as everybody else is, of what they're seeing and the things that are happening in America or around the world. We've got to be looking up. Look up for your redemption draws nigh, he says, right? If we're looking at the news and the covering of our mouth in horror, that means that we are not speaking because of fear. And folks, right now, the church needs to be fully aware of what's happening around us and not afraid. Amen. So, back to the dream. The next thing I saw was four lines of light that seemed to be coming up from the border all the way from Texas and California in broad daylight. Hmm. Representing that they were no longer attempting to hide their plans. Um, this is a planned invasion over the border. And it's actually been going on for some time, but evidently there could be something even greater than what we know. It seemed that many people were coming from the border, but in a very organized way, and they moved north hundreds of miles with lights bright enough to be seen from space. And as we said earlier, these lights could represent deception, right? They all stopped moving at once, and when they did, smaller light trails from within the United States started moving towards the big 
the four big lines of light where the movement had stopped. I believe that they're probably being joined by the CCP Chinese military advisors and sleeper cells. And uh, I remember George Washington's dream of the red light invasion from the east and how the angels had to come down and help Americans who were almost overcome by it. Hmm. So call upon the angels, right? Uh, it's not going to be totally put away with, as we've seen and as we've heard from the Lord. But um, there will be a survival of people who are more righteous than the people that are being taken down in most cases. Then suddenly the smaller lights uh, started attacking. I could uh, very much see this as being sleeper cells, like leftist anarchists and BLM and Antifa and, and radical Muslims. That's my comment. More people coming and the cells getting larger and larger. It was like uh, watching moths draw to a flame and the source lights kept getting bigger and bigger as the smaller lights came in. The source light kept getting bigger and bigger and then all four places flashed all at once and everything went dark for a moment. And then it pulsed, almost like a slow light just going on and off. I think this is what happened in the movie Red Dawn. The Chinese invaders EMP'd the nation to take over. Then he goes on to say, It exploded, and the light was spread hundreds of miles from the source of that explosion. Then I saw the clock tower again, and it stood high above the ground and showed the time to be 410. Hmm. I saw small embers of flames that were coming down around the clock, but not catching the ground on fire, although it looked like fire coming down. Well, we know Missy had a dream uh, that may have showed the embers of fire coming down out of the sky, but not catching anything on fire, just like this portion of Dana's dream. And both of these dreams seem to show the embers as being spiritual, a fire from heaven. He goes on to say, So these explosions of the lights were spreading out, and the flames were going hundreds of miles beyond them. Um, this is probably fear from the mainstream media, I imagine. Um, he went on to say there seemed to be a lot of intimidation going on during this time. It seemed like a worldly attack, and at the same time, the trails seemed to represent inroads for the enemy, spiritually speaking. Whatever these four light trails were, they were drawing other people into them. The light and explosion uh, wanted to be seen. There was no hiding what was coming up uh, that trail. These things were coming up clearly in the daylight. Now there was uh, shock and awe for a while, but there was also fear that was projected out by this explosion. 
Uh, he says, once again, the clock tower at 410 represents that we are counting towards uh, the next event. And then there was sudden silence, and it permeated the atmosphere. Uh, probably representing persecution of free speech or fear to speak out or whatever. I saw the clock strike 4.15 and suddenly there was this alarm going off almost like a tornado siren. A long wail was going across the entire nation. It wasn't just focused on one area, but no one was hearing the alarm. They were feeling alarmed, probably, you know, which uh, affected their ability to be rational, right? People didn't seem to know what they heard. I couldn't hear it in the dream, but nobody else seemed to hear it. So that silence was almost like people not knowing what was coming next. But that alarm was saying, hey, there's something happening. Something's coming, but uh, there were still people covering their mouths and their and the explosions from the trail of whatever it was coming up from the uh, the border, and then sudden silence, and in the background the wail of that siren. Hmm. Then the scene changed, and I saw churches of all shapes and sizes nationwide and they were surrounded by mobs of people screaming. They had placards and signs. This was more than just about the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Uh, this was more than just about a liberal agendas or drag queens talking in kids' libraries. Um, these people, he said, were chanting hostile threats, and they were going to burn the churches down. Well, all of the anarchist leftist groups taking this opportunity to bring down their enemies, the Christians. That's what this is about, right? He went on to say they were going to kill the Christians. These were not idle threats. They were saying, we are going to kill you. We're going to burn your church. We're going to do this or do that. Well, this is uh, one way deep state Babylon destroyed the apostate people of God. And uh, God's plan is to deliver his people from Babylonian religion so that they may follow the man-child reformers in the wilderness tribulation. So will it take burning some churches to accomplish this? Uh, well, will it not scatter the people, hopefully to seek after truth? Yeah. If it's unsafe to gather in these large churches, what are these people going to do? They're going to seek truth elsewhere. That's needed. They were all about 150 feet away, and some maintained a distance. There was a bit of considerable difference between the protesters and the people yelling and screaming. Inside those churches, I could hear people leading others in prayer. But no one was praying very much out loud. There was no power or authority in their prayers. It was just things like, Oh God, you've got to help us. Oh God, can you save us? 
Oh God, look out there. <laughs> People in the churches were looking out uh, the windows and they were reporting, Hey, the crowd's getting bigger. There's more people out there. And yet, at the same time, nobody inside of the prayer circles were stepping up the prayer and being aggressive with it. Hmm. They don't know how, do they? Well, and sometimes they don't know that God answers prayer, sadly to say, right? So they've not been taught to pray with the authority of the promises of God, and they are not used to getting answers to prayer either. And this is why God wants the elect to come out from among them and seek true faith. He said, Suddenly I saw five different churches, one in the Midwest, two in the Northeast, one in the Southeast, and one in the Northwest. I saw one church in each of those areas. Well, five is the number of grace, and it appears that some churches will find grace to escape. Arrows were being fired into the crowd from the roof of those churches with bow and arrows, and each of the arrows scattered the hostile crowds. Well, I wonder, is this the way... Uh, part of this attack uh, can be annulled? Or is there more in this warning dream to be annulled? I don't know. But we do know that some people do have power in prayer, and maybe that's what this represents. They hit the pavement, and they scattered the protesters, and they began to flee. As I watched the people scrambling, I noticed that the archer on each of those five churches appeared to be the very same man <laughs> firing those arrows from all five locations simultaneously with precision and care. Well, I think this one man is probably Jesus manifested in a corporate body of man-child reformers who will defend what should be defended. And uh, in Esther... Uh, Mordecai, meaning little man or man-child, was given authority over Haman and his army of haters of God's people, which turned the tide against them and uh, to save God's people. So this is our Purim, our Passover, right? He went on to say these arrows were against the words of attack. There you go. I mean, they are exercising demonic authority, and so will the man-child ministries do. Luke 10 and 18 says, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan fallen as lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. These are different uh, legions of demons, actually and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Nevertheless, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen, amen. Back to him, he says, Then I realized that the alarm had been going off this whole time, but the people in the churches had been so concerned about the crowd they weren't hearing the alarm. 
Well, the alarm going off is the prophetic warnings of all these things that are being ignored by the apostate churches uh, who no longer believe in prophetic warnings. So now I had uh, been seeing that clock tower this entire time, and it finally stopped as the archer started walking towards me. It was the man that I previously seen in my dreams with a quiver full of sheer white arrows. <laughs> and, I, and I believe this is representing the pure words of authority against the principalities and powers and rulers of this darkness. Certainly the Lord is not going to hear the wishy-washy uh, prayers of uh, unbelief that come from the churches. Uh, but remember, it was... Uh, Esther and Mordecai, you know, that were the ones that were bringing about the relief and the turnaround in the situation, right? They glowed even though it was the middle of the afternoon, and each of these arrows had an extremely sharp point. They were just really, really cool and ornate. He then pulled from over his back this very large longbow, which is made for long-distance warfare, right? <laughs> and when he put it down in front of him, uh, the bottom touched the ground, and the top was about head high. Then the alarm stopped. And I'm thinking that the church had no authority in prayer or spiritual warfare, but the man-child types throughout history have had. Okay. The man stood silent for a few moments. He surveyed the area, but then he turned and was watching around the church areas, and he said, There must be precision in your prayers from this point forward. Absolute precision to counter the noise and the violence that will be aimed at the body. Okay. So, we are to cast down the demons of anarchy, hatred, slander, railing, perversion, antichrist, etc. You are in control of these attackers. Amen. Then, he said, the church must remember, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit that will help you and walk straight through the battle. Uh, well, he says, this thing is spiritual that we are fighting. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not the White House or Congress that we're fighting. It is the spiritual things in darkness that have invaded this country and have diluted the minds of those around us. Well, amen, amen. And then he said, there must be precision and power in your prayers. The war has arrived, and those awake are on the front lines now, and you will never be able to get away or to withdraw from that line. And then he said, This absolute precision is required in your prayers. And then um, the Lord just said, It's not going to stop. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. We've got to continue to stand and hold our ground and to occupy until he comes. 
I'm sure that people are going to see these demonstrations of faith in prayer, and people are going to begin to listen and understand that they have to walk in the authority of the Lord. And uh, just think how bad it could get if we don't exercise authority over the demons. Remember, it's a demon army behind the physical army. And after saying this, he took a defensive defensive position and quickly put an arrow into the bow and shot straight up in the air and uh, just kept looking in that direction. He wasn't looking around at the crowd or the people near the churches. He just shot it straight up in the air, and that arrow never came back down. I found myself kind of watching (laughs) and waiting for it to come back down, but it never did. Well, that's that's what warfare can do, you know. The warfare of Jesus and his people who have borne fruit is against the principalities and the powers in the second heaven and beyond that. And in the third heaven, their prayers go to the throne. Amen? Yeah. So he said uh, he kept looking into the air where he shot it, and he he never looked back at me. So the Bible says that his word will not return void. He says, and I promise you our prayers will not either, he said. Our eyes need to be on him and never leaving that front line, never being distracted by the noise and the violence. Well, amen. That's true. We have to do more than pray to God. We have to exercise authority for him. All authority in heaven and on earth was given to Jesus. And then he turned and delegated that authority to us. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And what we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. People are going to begin to believe this because they're going to see demonstrations of it. It's about time, huh? And Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. Huh. Luke 10 and 19, Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Again, this is no good unless you believe it. It's not going to affect anything unless you believe it. They've been taught not to believe this. Well, notice that we've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. We have authority to bind the enemy's power. The disciples, when they were delegated authority, didn't go back and ask Jesus to do what they were told to do. So try this with your earthly boss. You go back and you bring the job to him. Hey, you need to do this. No. <laughs> You'd get fired, wouldn't you? He sent you to do it. No, you got to do it. The disciples, that's learners and followers, they're the ones that are going to do it, obviously, but the disciples commanded healing and demons and the curse and so on. They commanded. They didn't go ask Jesus, Jesus, would you do this? They failed a few times to exercise faith, and Jesus had to do it, but they didn't go ask him to do it. They went and asked him, Lord, why why couldn't we cast him out? (laughs) He said, because of your unbelief. Well, so it is with us. There is a time to pray and a time to act as Jesus demonstrated. 
The one uh, man on top of the building had uh, more authority than the whole church full of people. And so it should be with Jesus and us, right? Our good confession is uh, in Galatians 2 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me. And that life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith which is in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Amen. So God's plan was always for Jesus to be Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus in this corporate body would do all the same things he did in his first body. And he will do it in all those who believe. So, back to the author here. He shot that arrow straight up into heaven. And looking up, he was demonstrating to us how we do warfare. We keep our eyes on him. Our hands and our fingers have been prepared for battle. And through this spiritual war, God is working. Well, I might say that you can notice that the authority of those who believe God's Word uh, in this text, Psalm eighteen thirty-one through 40. For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock besides our God? The God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that mine arms do bend a bow of brass. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. I will pursue mine enemies and overtake them. Neither will I turn again until they are consumed. I will smite them through, so that they shall not be able to rise. They shall fall under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also made mine enemies turn their backs unto me, that I might cut off them that hate me. Amen. And then he says, God's calling the church to pray like it's never prayed before. That's right, with faith and authority. Uh, with passion, courage, intensity, fire, fervor, urgency, and with precision. He said, remember to be precise, as it matters more than ever now. Our prayers will not return void. Amen. I agree. Well, in uh, 2 Kings six fifteen through 17 it says, When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army of, with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he said, Do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed and said, 
O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Amen. Okay, this is, uh, we call this a crisis, America at war. Or I didn't call it that. I think this uh, handmaid of the Most High called it that, 424-23. And um, she's using the King James Version here. Matthew 24 and 6, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. I could tell you that a lot of people might think that was the end (laughs) that we just read about. Uh, While taking on the the telephone, uh, or excuse me, while talking on the telephone on 4-21-23, I had a flash vision. I saw a newspaper, and the front page was captioned with two different captions. Well, this could represent the two factions or civil war. It was not like a typical type set with one uh, headline across the top half. Instead, the newspaper was divided in half <laughs> uh, because each part was so critical. Ah, on the left side, it said crisis. The other caption began in the center and said, America at War, Crisis, America at War. I was aware that America had been attacked and was now fighting the war on American soil. Well, this confirms many of uh, my early posts on this site, she said. The Lord has given us plenty of warnings so that we must make ourselves spiritually ready for what will follow. Well, amen. And here's uh, The Battle Rages, Julie, Daughter of the King, April 13th, 2023. This message was in response to me asking Yahushua why his remnant is still under such attack by evil forces. This includes myself almost nightly. I was praying for more understanding as to why it is so relentless. These are the words he spoke to me after communion with him, obviously, on April the 13th, 2023. Okay. O my child, peace be still. Be still and know that I am is here and with you. I realize how difficult it is for you to understand the reasons behind all this evil and why I am allowing it to continue. The battle is raging. Yes, it is an epic battle, unlike any other in your history. There has never been such a frenzy by Satan in his dark kingdom as what is being experienced now. Well, I think it's uh, boot camp, you know, to train people and to get people headed in the right direction here. Uh, the prince of the powers of the air is fighting as the dragon in Revelation 12 to keep from being cast down to the earth. And he is being cast down. Praise be to God. Well, uh, think of it this way. 
if you were given an assignment that meant life or death and a period of time to complete it and the deadline was closing in, would you not stop everything else as the deadline was rapidly approaching even at the door? Would not Satan do the same knowing that the end is here, putting all of his resources into completing what he believes he must do to kill and destroy as many souls as possible, as he also knows that I am here now in my people and about to be fully manifested through them, he knows the time for my great move is upon you, and he is desperate to destroy as many souls as possible before that moment. You, as my remnant army, however, cannot be harmed. I walk at your right side with you, and the battle is mine, not yours. I go before you, and I am your rear guard. I have insulated you with my presence, and you are under my anointing. And although you walk through the darkness, the darkest part of the storm, yet thousands are come against you, and you will not be touched. Remember your positions as uh, in my kingdom, as heirs to my throne. You are already seated in heavenly places with me. You are my untouchable, unstoppable ones, the ones I have chosen from before the time uh, to be here now because of your obedience and faith in me. Each time the enemy comes against you, you have an opportunity to increase in your faith and walk in the power and authority that you have been given from me. So that's what we're going through now. We're learning to fight uh, spiritual warfare here. Do not forget who you are and why you have come. You are here to stand when all you can do is stand and hold the line, anchoring my love here until the moment that I fully manifest through all of you. Having been chosen as heirs, my kings and my priests, to rule and reign here is a weighty matter. Yes, a very serious position to hold. But I knew of your obedience and allegiance to me and sent you knowing I would have the victory for you and that you would learn to master what I have taught you in order to walk out of your assi- walk out your assignments here. So each time you encounter evil, see it as an opportunity to apply what you have learned to overcome, knowing you could and will not ever lose. We have authority. Authority is uh, the right to use power or the right to overcome power, right? Absolutely. He goes on to say, I give you my strength to walk this out and my peace a peace that cannot be found outside of me, a peace that will allow you to see what I am speaking about from my perspective. It is then that you respond, and you will not be uh, worried by all the attacks, but rather stand up in your position and wield my sword of the Spirit, my word as you uh, work together to hold the line here in this realm consistently and with boldness and courage, as I have told you, 
to not fear or to be afraid of anything the enemy can send your way. I am here, my army, as the commander and the captain of the host. Be still and know that I am has you in the palm of my hand. Yahushua. Okay, uh, don't let the the Old uh, Testament words for the Lord um, disturb you. <laughs> um, God uses the deep state beast to bring down factious and apostates. I want you to look at some of uh, the morning verses over the past two weeks by faith at random. Uh, they come from the Lord. We prayed uh, every time and asked the Lord to show us what He wanted to show us. And uh, here are the verses. And it's evident that this is stepped up quite a bit. God is warning, hey, it's coming, it's coming. And He uses many different texts to show the enemies and so on and so forth. And not necessarily used literally. I mean, um, the way they were first fulfilled, okay, but just to point out aspects of the enemy's attacks, right? Psalm 9 and 3. When mine enemies turn back, they stumble and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou sittest in the throne judging righteously. Thou hast rebuked the nations. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy are come to an end. They are desolate forever. And the cities which thou hast overthrown, the very remembrance of them is perished. But the Lord sitteth as king forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. And he will judge the world in righteousness. He will minister judgment to the peoples in uprightness. So this judgment, this invasion, of course, is a judgment from God upon the wicked. It is to bring people to repentance so that they become children of God and not children of the world, right? Amen. Isaiah 31, excuse me, Isaiah 3, 1 through 12. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah stay and staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. Well, I want to tell you that this is going to be something that's going to happen. Uh, the deep state has succeeded to destroy the crops and done their best to poison the rest. And many will turn to the Lord for sustenance. And the leaders of the world will be brought down. Okay, verse 2. The mighty man... And the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the diviner and the elder and the captain of fifty and the honorable man and the counselor and the expert artificer and the skillful enchanter. And I will give children to be their princes and babes shall rule over them. In your churches, that's what you have. You have people that are not um, disciples of Christ. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. And the child shall behave himself proudly against the old man, and the base against the honorable. Yes, this is what's going on. 
people taking authority that's not theirs, coming against people who have authority. It happened in Jesus' day and with his disciples too. He had the authority, and his disciples had the authority. But the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, took authority. They were children in the ways of the kingdom, but they took authority. Well, that's the way it is today, exactly the same way. As the world falls, Zion will arise with the presence of the Lord. It will be like a light in the midst of darkness. Ezekiel 43, 1-7. Afterwards he brought me to the gate, even to the gate that looketh towards the east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. Uh, Waters, by the way, come up out of his anointed people who have the word inside of them. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit that they that believed on him were to receive, right? So this is the glory of the God of Israel. Some people think it's it's a physical uh, showing, but it's no, it's the glory. We behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord. We're transformed into that same image from glory to glory. Right. And it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw, even according to the vision that I saw when I came to destroy the city. And the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Shabar, and I fell upon my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate, whose prospect is towards the east. And the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. And I heard one speaking unto me out of the house, and a man stood by me, and he said unto me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne, and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. Well, let me say the house that he was talking about. Um, uh, That house could only be entered by someone who was circumcised in heart. You know, um, let me say about Ezekiel's temple, that uh, it's not a physical temple. The people in it are people who are circumcised in heart. And it is a temple. It is a worldwide temple. And um, I know that people seek to build it, but looking at it very carefully, you can see that that can't be done with man's hands. So continuing, And the house of Israel shall no more defile my holy name, neither they nor their kings, by their whoredom and by the dead bodies of the kings in their high places. Well, amen. Amen. Because... This is Ezekiel's temple, and it's not a a temple of man, right? And Joel chapter 2, 15 through 20, and, uh, and verse 23, Below the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Well, that's because this evil army is on its way, right? Gather the people, sanctify the assembly, assemble the old men, gather the children, those that suck the breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth from his chamber, and the bride out of her closet. 
So the bride and the man-child will be revealed at this time. Right? That's what you see there. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thy heritage to reproach, that the nations shall rule over them. Therefore should they say among the people, Wherefore should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then was the Lord jealous for his land, and had pity on his people. So they cried out, and God answered, you know. And the Lord answered and said unto his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith. So Father will supply for the righteous, even though there is a physical and spiritual famine in the land, right? And I will no more make you a reproach among the nations, but I will remove far off from you the northern army, and will drive it into a land barren and desolate, its forepart into the eastern sea and its hinder part into the western sea. Why do people not read the whole text? They think that this is a good army. How can they figure this out? Well, it's because the Lord sent it that they figure it can only be a good army. But it's not. It's a bad army. And God sent it to bring his people to repentance. They had already conquered the apostate uh, ten tribes, and they had uh, conquered the part of Judah that God decided was apostate, and they, but they couldn't conquer the bride. And this is the story of how it, it ended. It's forepart into the eastern sea, it's hinder part into the western sea, and its stench shall come up, and its ill savor shall come up because it hath done great things. Yeah. And, of course, revival will come in the midst. Because in verse 23 it says, Be glad, then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he giveth you the former rain in just measure, and he causes to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Wow. Revival. So this beast army is going to bring revival. First Chronicles 16, 32 through 35. Let the sea roar, and the fullness thereof. Let the field exalt, and all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the wood sing for joy before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness endureth forever. And say ye, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us together, and deliver us from the nations to give thanks unto thy holy name, and to triumph in his praise, in thy praise. Zechariah 8, 1-8, And the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Zion with great jealousy, and I am jealous for her with great wrath. Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion, and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem which, of course, uh, John in Revelation was told is the bride. Mm -hmm. And Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth. That's not that one in the Middle East, folks. This is that heavenly Jerusalem that's coming down. The city of truth and the mountain of the Lord's hosts, Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, there shall yet Old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, 
every man with his staff in his hand uh, for very age. Amen. The elders, right? And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. This is the people that come from the east and the west and the north and the south to come back under Zion as it was in the scriptures. Right. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If it be marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in those days, should it also be marvelous in mine eyes, says the Lord of hosts? Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness." So Zion will be a refuge which uh, many will seek out. And uh, the David man-child is uh, delivered from his enemies. In this text, 2 Samuel twenty-two forty-seven through 51 The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be God, the rock of my salvation, even the God that executeth vengeance for me and that bringeth down peoples under me, and that bringeth me forth from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above them that rise up against me. Thou deliverest me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the nations, and will sing praises unto thy name. Give deliverance. Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth loving kindness to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. Amen. Well, the David man-child is delivered from his enemies here too. Um, uh, eighteen sixteen through twenty-four. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me. For they were too mighty for me. They came upon me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Uh, The Lord hath rewarded me according to my righteousness. And Zechariah 12, 8 and 9. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem representing the bride. And he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David. And the house of David shall be as God, and as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Again, he was defending the bride, as it was with the northern army in Joel chapter 2. Ezekiel 21, 4 through 7. Seeing then that I will cut off from thee the righteous and the wicked, therefore shall my sword go forth out of its sheath against all flesh from the south to the north. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, have drawn forth my sword out of its sheath, and it shall not return any more. Well, um, this... Civil war may last through the seven-year tribulation. We know it in chapter 6 of Revelation. It comes right after the man-child, right? And it's a huge war and um, so on.
Uh, verse 7. Wherefore sighest thou that thou shalt say because of the tidings, for it cometh, and every heart shall melt, and all hands shall be feeble, and every spirit shall faint, and all knees be weak. Well, it's, it's some people have to come all the way down and to look, in order to look all the way up, right, and to turn their heart towards God and remember the scriptures. Psalm 11, 1 through 6, a Psalm of David. In, uh, in the Lord do I take refuge. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend the bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Verse 5 says, The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he will rain snares, fire and brimstone and burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. So the Lord has told us that he was going to remove many wicked through this war. Psalm 46, 1-3 God is our refuge and strength of very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth do change, and though the mountains be shaken into the heart of the sea. Let me say that this could happen for various reasons. The coming of Planet X, but also um, the deep state is well equipped to do earthquakes and to break up the country, and they have prepared the country to be broken up. So we've had uh, both of those revelations, by the way. Verse 3, uh, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, and though the mountains tremble with the swelling thereof. Selah. And Jeremiah 4, 5 through 9, and also uh, 14, I believe. Declare ye in Judah, and publish in Jerusalem, and say, Blow the trumpet in the land, cry aloud, and say, Assemble yourselves, and let us go into the fortified cities. Set up a standard towards Zion. Flee for safety, stay not. Of course, Zion, uh, it's going to be a place of safety, right? For I will bring evil from the north, and great destruction. A lion is gone up from his thicket, and a destroyer of nations, he is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate and thy cities laid waste without inhabitant. And verse 14. O Jerusalem, wash thy heart from wickedness that thou mayest be saved. Yes, they're going to be saved and those who are in Jerusalem will be washed and cleansed and be prepared to escape this judgment just as they were in Joel chapter 2. How long shall thine enemy, thy, thy evil thoughts, lodge within me? Excuse me. Yes, give it up. We have to believe the Lord. We have to speak the word of the Lord. If we do, the angels will be fighting for us. Ezekiel 7, 5 through 9. Thus saith the Lord, An evil, an only evil, behold, it cometh. An end is come, the end is come, it awakeneth against thee. Behold, it cometh. 
Thy doom is come unto thee, O inhabitant of the land. The time is come, the day is near, a day of tumult, and not of joyful shouting upon the mountains. Now will I shortly um, pour out my wrath upon thee, and accomplish mine anger against thee, and will judge thee according to thy ways. And I will bring upon thee all thine abominations. And mine eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And you shall know that I, the Lord, do smite. Well, David asked, uh, um, What do you have for me and your people? Isaiah 26, 20-21 is what was given. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh forth out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood. Yes, I believe this great disclosure is coming, and that's part of the reason for these attacks. They want to stop it. (laughs) And shall no more cover her slain. Habakkuk 3 and 3 says, God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. Verse 5, Before him went the pestilence, and fiery bolts went forth at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He beheld and drove asunder the nations, and the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills did bow. His goings were as of old. I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Median did tremble. The enemies of God, right? Was the Lord displeased with the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers, or thy wrath against the sea, that thou didst ride upon thy horses, upon thy chariots of salvation? Thy bow was made quite bare. The oaths to the tribes were a sure word, Selah. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers. Verse 10. The mountains saw thee and were afraid. The tempest of waters passed by. The deep uttered its voice and lifted up its hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their habitation at the light of thine arrows as as they went and the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou didst march through the land in indignation. Thou didst Thresh the nations in anger. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, for the salvation of thine anointed. Thou woundest the head of the house of the wicked man, laying bare the foundation even unto the neck. Selah. Thou didst pierce with his own staves the head of his warriors. They came as a whirlwind. There it is to scatter me. Their rejoicing was as to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst tread the sea with thy horses, the heap of mighty waters. 
and 16, I tremble in thy in my place because I must wait quietly for the day of trouble for the coming up of the people that invadeth us. For though the fig tree shall not flourish, and neither shall fruit be in the vines. Sounds very similar to what we're going through here. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no food. The flocks shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The the Lord, the Lord is my strength, and he maketh my feet like hinds feet, and will make me to walk upon my high places for the chief musician on my stringed instruments. Yes. Well, Ezekiel 12. I'm going to read a portion of 18 on down. Son of man, eat thy bread with quaking, and drink thy water with trembling and with fearfulness. And say unto the people of the land, Thus saith the Lord, the Lord concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the land of Israel. They shall eat their bread with fearfulness and drink their water in, in dismay that her land may be desolate and despoiled of all that is therein because of the violence of all them that dwell therein. And the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste, and the land shall be a desolation, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Well, it kind of makes you understand why people could turn to the Lord and very quickly seek him him out and seek his face and pray to him. Psalm 66, 5 through 15, Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing towards the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him. Yes, he divided the sea of the nations, didn't he? He ruleth by his might forever. His eyes observe the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. O bless our God, ye peoples, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, who holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us, and thou hast tried us, as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net, Thou layest a sore burden upon our loins. Thou didst cause men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Yes, the wicked uh, seek to judge and exercise their authority over the righteous and send witchcraft towards them and all these things, but the end of the story is coming. So the bride will be saved from this. Isaiah ten twenty four through 27 says, Therefore thus saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts, O my people that dwellest in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian, though he smite thee with the rod and lift up his staff against thee after the manner of Egypt. For yet a little while, and 
the indignation against thee shall be accomplished, and mine anger shall be directed to his destruction. Yes, the Lord for us a while ordained a crucifixion, but then he turns on the crucifiers. And the Lord of hosts will stir up against him a scourge, as in the slaughter of Median at the rock of Oreb, and his rod will be over the sea, and he will lift it up after the manner of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall depart from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed by reason of fatness. Well, he lifted up his rod uh, over the sea after the manner of Egypt, which, of course, it was Moses who was the type of the man-child lifting up the rod, but it was God doing the work, giving the directions and everything. Amen. Jeremiah 1, 8-10, Be not afraid because of them, for I am with thee to deliver thee, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations. See, how? The words in thy mouth. And over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down and to destroy and to overthrow and to build and to plant. How? The words in thy mouth. Obadiah 1, 1 and 2. The vision of Obadiah. Thus saith the Lord concerning Edom. We have heard tidings from the Lord as an ambassador is sent among the nations, saying, Arise ye, and let us rise up against her in battle, that is, Edom. Behold, I have made thee small among the nations. Thou art greatly despised. Well, the factious um, were taken down by Babylon, the deep state, right? Isaiah forty-eight, twenty through 22. Go ye forth from Babylon, flee ye from the Chaldeans. With a voice of singing declare ye, tell this, uh, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. And they thirsted not when he led them through the, the deserts. He caused the waters to overflow out of the rock for them. He claved the rock also. The waters gushed out. There is no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. Contrary to what we're hearing these days, right? So as the people repented, he made a way of escape, and it was from Egypt, right? Daniel four sixteen and 17. Let his heart be changed from man's, and let a beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. And the sentence is by decree of the watchers, and the demand by the word of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the lowest or the basest of men. Isaiah 24, 1 through 6. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. 
And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, and as with the servant, so with his master, and as with the maid, so with her mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the creditor, so with the debtor, and as with the taker of interest, so with the giver of interest to him. The earth shall be utterly emptied and utterly laid waste, for the Lord hath spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away, the world languisheth and fadeth away, the lofty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is polluted under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant, therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are found guilty. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. Ezekiel twelve twenty three 23-28 Son of man, what is this proverb that you have in the land of Israel, saying the days are prolonged, and every vision faileth? You've heard that, haven't you? Tell them, therefore, thus saith the Lord, I will make this proverb to cease and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel or the church. (laughs) But say unto them, The days are at hand, the fulfillment of every vision. For there shall be no more any false vision nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. There's a lot of flattering divination out there. False prophets that just pump you up with all these good things, you know. They won't ever give you any correction or edification, actually. Uh, Verse 25, For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall be performed. It shall no more be deferred. For in your days, O rebellious house, will I speak the word and will perform it, says the Lord. Well, here's a sword against the faction. Um, Ezekiel 21, 28, Thus saith the Lord, concerning the children of Ammon, and concerning their reproach. And say thou, O a sword, a sword is drawn, for the slaughter it is furbished, to cause it to devour, that it may be as lightning. While they see for thee false visions, and while they divine lies unto thee, to lay thee upon the necks of the wicked that that are deadly wounded, whose day is come in the time of the iniquity of the end. And apostates are judged here. Hosea 5, 3-7 I know Ephraim and Israel is not hid from me. For now, O Ephraim, thou hast played the harlot. Israel is defiled. Speaking, of course, the church in the New Testament, they were a type and a shadow for the church. Their doings will not suffer them to turn unto their God. That's true. For the spirit of the whoredom is within them, and they know not the Lord. And the pride of Israel shall testify to his face. Uh, Therefore Israel and Ephraim shall stumble in their iniquity. Judah also shall stumble with them, as it was in Joel, you know. And uh, verse 7. They have dealt treacherously against the Lord, for they have borne strange children. Strange children because they don't look like the Father. 
uh, Jesus is our uh, spiritual Father. Amen. Hosea 5, 9 through 10. Ephraim, representing the church of all nations, shall become a desolation in the day of rebuke. Among the tribes of Israel have I made known that which shall surely be. The princes of Judah are like them that remove the landmark. In other words, let's just not take so much of this restriction the Bible puts upon us, right? We'll, we'll do what we want to do. I will pour out my wrath upon them like water. And verse 14, For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion, and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away. I will carry off, and there shall be none to deliver. I will go and return to my place, till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face, and their affliction they will seek me earnestly. Well, Jeremiah did not go into captivity because he told the truth to the people of God. He didn't tell them the lie that uh, the New Age is telling them for sure. And, um, And the king of Babylon respected that about Jeremiah, that he spoke the truth. And he also said that God was behind Babylon to do this. So let me read Jeremiah 39, 9-14. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive into Babylon the residue of the people that remained in the city, the deserters also that fell away to him, and the residue of the people that remained. And in verse 11, Now Nebuchadrezzar, king of Babylon, gave charge concerning Jeremiah to Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, saying, Take him, take him and look well to him, and do him no harm, but do unto him even as he shall say unto thee. And verse 14, a portion of it, And committed him unto Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, that he should carry him home, so he dwelt among the people. Praise the Lord. Everything turned around. Nahum 1 and 15, Behold, upon the mountains the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. See, that's what you need after a disaster like this is for the good news to go through and show people why God did this and where their rebellion was, and so on. That publisheth peace, keep thy feasts, O Judah, perform thy vows, for the wicked one shall no more pass through thee, he is utterly cut off. Well, we've had wicked ones pass through us, but uh, there comes a time when uh, the church is is, uh, purified by these people because uh, the wicked listen to the wicked, you know. Uh, the weak in the ways of the kingdom are the ones that become victims to these people. And there's no need for it to continue when the people there are sanctified and they're obeying the rules of the kingdom. When you obey the rules, you have protection. If you disobey the rules, you don't have protection. 
So we can see by this great uptick in all of these words of judgment against the nations um, that God is warning us. And everyone prayed to the Lord to give a word concerning the things that were coming. And they all got these words and more. I couldn't put them all in here. But, um, and more. And I, I shortened some of these to get the main uh, idea, you know, and the judgment. But we know uh, also the righteous who repent and turn to him, even in the midst of this, will be provided for. And um, some people, their their ways and their doings will not permit them to repent. And that's because they've shut off their mouth to God's people and said things that weren't right. And it's very hard for them to repent and turn back because they're proud and they're arrogant and they're in a position of authority that they don't belong in. And God is going to judge all of that. And, um, well, Father, we, uh, we put our trust in you totally and perfectly. We know that you're bringing this. We also know that even in the midst of this great judgment, you'll have mercy on those that humble themselves and those who are holy and have been uh, warning of this and teaching of this to come. You're, you're going to protect your people. You protected Jeremiah, who did this warning and uh, brought the threats. He didn't pull back. It wasn't popular. Uh, he was hated for it by the people of God. But he was respected by the enemies because he told the truth. And, um, Lord, we just we thank you, Father, for the protection of your true leadership in all of this and the deliverance of the people from the old leadership um, that has turned them to apostasy and caused them not to respect the fullness of the New Testament, the New Covenant, and the authority that we have, and the holiness that's been given unto us, and the fact that we don't live anymore, Christ lives in us. They don't even know the gospel. How can they cause people to grow up into those um, glories that the Lord promised to those who see Him in the mirror? How could they hope that the people would grow up? Because that's the gospel, and that's how faith works. And they don't know about this, and they're confused when they read these scriptures, so they just jump over them. It's all a thing of man's works. And all of their buildings, and their fancy things, and their ties, and all these things is a bunch of man's works. And God's going to show that. He's going to prove that. He's going to show that he doesn't have respect for the temple made with man's hands. And um, thank you, Father, for wisdom given to your people and for those who even today are waking up and realizing what they see out there and what's coming. They're waking up. They're not listening to the hogwash of the uh, prosperity preachers, uh, the New Age prosperity preachers. Uh, they're not listening to all that. You you have prepared a place, according to Revelation chapter 12, in the wilderness for the woman. 
Yes, to mount up with wings as eagles. Thank you, Father, for that. But we're going to see a wilderness. And uh, I believe that this is part of it. This invasion, you know, that ultimately will be cast down. I believe like George Washington's vision, you know. uh, The angels came. The people prayed. They cried to God. The angels came and put them back in the water, just like the northern army. (laughs) Right? Oh, praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We ask you for give us humility and cause us to uh, submit to you and see your good and your greatest. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you. Well, all right, saints. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll do this again sometime, and uh, hopefully we'll get to give some more good news to uh, encourage people along the way. And uh, be in prayer. This is a, all of this that I've showed you is a reason for your prayers now. You know, pray for those you love. Pray for everything, okay? Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Can quench my thirsting soul. Purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will Shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you Sacred heart in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea still believe, for your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe, for your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, my Lord Jesus. Thank you.